This is Giants Amongst Us. We're back. It's Thursday. And today we have Noah with us. And he's got a story to tell. Noah's a young man who was born with a physical disability known as spinal bifida. And he talks to us about how it was growing up for him and feeling isolated from his peers at school to playing adaptive sports and how that helped him break out of his shell a bit and to also form a few meaningful relationships with teammates and and share a bond with them. I'll let you hear the rest from Noah in his own words. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Noah in his story. We've got another one for you. Thank you for tuning in. This is Giants Amongst Us. And today we are joined by Noah. Noah, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to spend it with us and uh, have a sit down. Appreciate it. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Let's, um, from the top, let's, let's hear a little bit about yourself, where you come from and how it was for you growing up. Yeah, so uh, I'm 27 years old. Uh, I live in South Carolina, but I'm originally from uh, the Chicagoland suburbs, and I am a physically disabled individual, so I have a spinal cord disorder called spina bifida, uh, which means that basically my spine uh, had a big hole in it uh, from birth, and so they were able to close the hole uh, once I was born, Um, but I am paralyzed from the waist down, and I use a a manual wheelchair to to get around. Um, uh, Spina bifida is a a disorder where, where there are three main types, and I have the most severe uh, form of spina bifida, um, which basically just, again, relates to the level of paralysis. So you'll have individuals that, depending on where the hole is on their spine and how big it is, they will uh, either, you know, be able to walk and, and just deal with a little bit of back pain. And then there are people like me that are like I said, paralyzed from the waist down. My childhood was very good. Uh, I am uh, the youngest of two children, so I have an older uh, sister, and so it was, you know, my my parents, and then uh, me and my sister growing up, and yeah, we were um, and still are a very close family uh, in. In large part, uh, I think due to the circumstances, you know, when um, mm-hmm. when you really have to lean on each other, I, I think that can bring people together. Um, but yeah, that's me in a nutshell. Now, I mean, you were born with this. So uh, growing up, like, did you notice immediately... Things were different. I know um, kids sometimes can be unforgiving, but how was it in your early days going to school? Yeah, so in my early days, it it was fine. Um, I had, uh, you know, I've always been shy, but I was always through, you know, uh, 
preschool, kindergarten, and elementary school, I was able to make friends fairly easily. Um, and I mentioned this before that uh, I'm... So I was born in 1995, and the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed in 1990. And what that did, it, uh, it did a lot of things, but one of the big things that it did is it made it so people like me, people that were disabled, were able to go to a regular school. They didn't have to go to, you know, uh, some special program. There, there were, of course, uh, special ed programs in public schools, mm -hmm. um, but you didn't necessarily get lumped in to a special ed program just on the virtue of being disabled. Uh, so I think for a lot of kids uh, my age that I was one of the first disabled people that they ever met. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. And so I kind of uh, think they, they probably saw it as like, oh, cool. Like never, never seen someone like this before. Um, and Curious, uh, right? Yeah, very right. Curious, curious more more than cruel. I don't. I I was very fortunate that I didn't really deal with too much bullying. Uh, I mean, I I didn't deal with any bullying growing up, um, and I know other people were not so lucky. Um, uh, but yeah, so it it was a good experience through elementary school and then when I got into when I got into fifth grade I had a serious medical issue that made it so that I had to be pulled out of school um, so I went the first semester of fifth grade and then I had to be pulled out for the rest of the year and that was really difficult because fifth grade was uh, a year at a new school with uh, a lot of the kids that I had gone to school with previously, but then a lot of kids from uh, different districts. And so there were a lot of friendships that were being made. And, and I kind of, you know, dipped my toes in the water. But then once I got pulled out of school, I was spending my days, you know, talking with my parents and going to doctor's appointments and dealing with in-home care nurses. And so there was a lot of adult influence that I was getting, um, but mm. I wasn't. Now, oh, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to ask you now, you you had said that when you were pulled out of school in the fifth grade, was that for a whole year? Uh, it, it was for most of the year. So so like I okay. said, I, I, I went from August to December, so the first semester of school, and then got it from basically uh, January until the year finished, I was homeschooled. And when I came back, I just felt very out of place. I, I felt like I couldn't relate to the other kids. Um, I felt they couldn't relate to me. And it was very hard for me to make friends. And I kind of developed this chip on my shoulder um, because, you know, people were not, uh, approaching me. They were, they were not, they didn't have that same sense of wonder that they did in elementary school. So 
I kind of saw it as, you know, okay, if people don't want to get to know me, then I don't need them. And yes, yes. that, that turned into, uh, you know, that that's not a healthy way to think. And it led to me being in a, in a situation where I didn't, I, I had friends. I, I had some good friends in sixth grade. Um, I had people that I had known from the previous year that I still knew and very much uh, liked. But it was very hard for me to make genuine connections. And, you know, on a Friday night, especially when I went into high school, you know, there would be kids going to the mall, going to the movies with their friends, and I'd just be at home with my parents. And that's mm. not not ideally what you want as uh, especially as you're getting to be a teenager. Right. Was there anything in between those times that you were doing to um, keep yourself occupied? Any any hobbies or interests that you involved yourself with? Um, you know, so when I was that age, like the, the middle school years, YouTube was just blowing up. Um, so I just spent a lot of time on YouTube. I, I spent a lot of time reading and playing video games and, you know, basically engaging in media. So like, you know, I would read books and those would be my friends, right? The, those would be, I I could kind of place myself in those stories mm-hmm. and that made me not feel as alone. You know, uh, I could engage with my favorite YouTubers and, you know, that was a parasocial relationship, but that was something that made me feel uh, like I wasn't alone. So I had, I had things. I just, right. I wasn't connecting with people in my world. And you, you pretty much at that point, you said when you were noticing that people weren't as as interested or maybe forthcoming as before. Once that changed, was it more of um, you pretty much closed yourself off to any kind of connection or you um, stretching your hand out and trying to reach people? Was that pretty much the case? Yeah, yeah. I, I closed myself off pretty pretty good, um, you know, and my parents didn't like that. Uh, my aide at school didn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and and they very much, I I think they saw that I was very mature for my age. And so they kind of saw it as, well, you know, maybe the kids just need to catch up to Noah and and things will get better as he gets older. But I think I was, you know, I wasn't an angry kid, but I, I still feel like I was holding on to some resentment that made it. You know, I had walls up and um, I wasn't keen on, you know, taking chances on people and and getting burned. So I just kind of kept to myself. How were you in school? How how were you uh, academic wise? Were you, did you have any favorite, uh, favorite subjects or how were you doing? Uh, I, I was really good academically. Um, My parents instilled on me and my sister from a young age that 
you know, education was really important. And so we always uh, really applied ourselves. You know, I, I, I was good uh, in school, but I did not enjoy school. You know, I, I saw it as kind of like a necessary evil. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I enjoyed like history and, you know, English class because, you know, I love to, I love to read. Um, I, I love history and, and learning about different fascinating nuggets about history. So those were really my two, two favorite classes. Were you pretty much like throughout all of your, your uh, high school years, were you pretty much to yourself? Did you find anybody you were able to kind of confide in or, or hang out with or maybe um, share some laughs or, or time with in your, um, in your age bracket at school? So, uh, you know, I had people at school. One, one of the things that changed and, and kind of got my perspective shifting is that uh, I, joined, I joined an adaptive sport. So for 10 years, I played a sport called sled hockey, which is basically just an adaptive form of ice hockey. You wear the same, you know, protective equipment. Uh, there's generally the same rules. The only difference is all of the players sit in these bucket-shaped sleds that sit atop uh, ice skates. And then we had uh, we had two um, uh, hockey sticks, six-inch hockey sticks with uh, metal picks at the butt end. And and then you do you have your hand on the heel and you kind of graze the ice in a mm-hmm. similar motion to if you were skiing. Um, oh, okay, wow. So, so that was fun. That's and, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I was able to meet people that were like me that could kind of see where I was coming from. Um, there's uh, one person uh, on the team that I. Uh, consistently talk to to this day and we're very good friends and you know it was kind of in making the friendships that I did with that team it it was kind of the first time that I saw value in it again and and I saw it as okay well these are cool people that you should get to know because they understand you and you know, it was the first time that I was like, yeah, this is, this is something worth fighting for. This is something worth, uh, pursuing. Um, and, and that kind of started the upward trend, you know, um, to this day, I'm still not like a social butterfly. I, I have a couple, couple people that I keep close to me, uh, and I do need to branch out more. but I definitely think that period of my life kind of made me realize that, you know, it's not fun being alone and, and you don't want to be alone. You want to be able to share your life with people. And yeah, so that that kind of got me going in an upward uh, trajectory. Yeah, that that's pretty cool. Now, were you, you were competing in... 
um, doing this? Was it part of the school or this was like an outside league that you were involved with? So it was not with the school. It was uh, with an organization, uh, a youth sled hockey organization um, based out of the the northwest suburbs okay. of Chicago. There, There's a lot. Chicago is a great hub for adaptive sports because there are a lot of different organizations, a lot of different sports that you can try. And, but it, it was still, uh, it was still a competitive sport. Um, we, we would do, um, out of state tournaments, um, you know, and competing in, uh, different league, league tournaments. And then at the end of every hockey season, there's this big, this big, what's called the disabled festival. And so that is usually about a a three day, uh, event out of state, usually in places like Boston or, or Philadelphia, where, Mm -hmm. uh, I think there's like, there, there, there's at least 80 sled hockey teams. And then there's like many, many more other forms of adaptive ice hockey, uh, where, you know, teams compete, uh, in their bracket, in their league. Mm, Um, that's cool. Yeah. You still keep in contact with anybody from there? Yeah. I, you said, uh, there was one person that you hit it off with. Yeah. So there's, uh, one individual, um, who was actually a, a student coach, uh, on the team that were, were still very good friends to this day. That's cool. I'm, I'm just curious with you. Um, I know every, everybody is different and some people just prefer to be alone. There's others that wish they would have more, I guess, uh, camaraderie with, with people in, in their age group or, or of the sorts. But now in your case, do you think it's more of the fact that, uh, you, you see people not able to um, understand you or treat you different that kind of keeps you at a distance? Or is it the fact that because if maybe they're not reaching out to you, so why should I reach out to them? Like, I wonder just how it is for you in that sense. Yeah, it's it's really both of those. I, I am very much um, hesitant to get to know people because I don't know how they're going to take me because there's still a lot of stigma around uh disability yeah where you know uh a a big thing that uh disabled people face is being infantilized so essentially being treated as as younger than we are because uh, you know, you see a person in a wheelchair and you think that if there's something physically wrong with them, then there's, uh, you know, mentally as well. Right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, cognitively impaired individuals get the same treatment where, you know, just because they may appear as not, may not appear as um cognitive as other people you know they get infantilized when the reality is that there are many 
cognitively disabled people that yes they yes. know what's going on they 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 know what's going on they're they're plenty intelligent they're just in a situation not able where to express it express it yeah they're not able to communicate it and 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 in some cases they they can express it but it's not in maybe the 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 way that we're used to with words it could be facial expressions it could be our noises but they're they're really expressing an emotion or they're telling you how they feel but it just not might not be what we're expecting it to be as as uh, it being worded out right yeah yeah exactly when you're not expecting when you're in your group and you all communicate the same way uh, and then someone comes into that group that doesn't communicate in the same way as you do, you know, it, it can be off-putting um, because you don't have, you don't have any other experience uh, communicating in, in any other ways. And so then you kind of look at that person and think of them, you know, as, as a lesser being, which um, I think has always been my yeah it's it's always been my concern that going into a social situation that people have these preconceived notions about me and if if I get too in my head about it then you know I I can talk to someone but I'm I'm going to be like beating myself up for you know how I come off to to other people um Mm, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's tough. Yeah. And that's very understandable. At the same time, I mean, that's that's like a huge wall to get over or to try to uh um in some way deal with it how however it however you are able to deal with it. But yeah, I, I mean I I could yeah. only imagine. Yeah, for sure. Um and so yeah, so that definitely it has made it difficult, uh, especially, you know, um out here. You know, I, I've tried going to one, uh, event, uh, for like 20, 30 somethings and, you know, it it was fine. I, but I, I was in my head the whole night and I was mm-hmm. also kind of the fact that I don't have the typical, it, it, it goes back to that thing of, I don't have the typical life that other people have. So I don't feel like. I can really relate to to other people um, on that same level, and a, a, a lot of that, you know, some of that has to do with being disabled. Some of that has to do with, you know, I'm not going out to bars on a Friday night because I just don't like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This event that you go that you had went to was yeah. it at a cafe? What kind of was it? Just an outdoors get together? Uh, was it? It it was a pub. It was it was okay. Uh, it was. A pub. Uh, they were doing like a game night type thing. So you know, it it was a pretty neutral event um, in terms of you know the kinds of things that I'm comfortable with. So it it was fine. It it just felt again. I I felt kind of out of place. Right. How did you now to go back a little bit with um, the surgery? I'm just I'm wondering um, now that's a major surgery. Of course, there's no doubt about it. Um, throughout the years, were you 
always having to go back and forth to the hospital for, uh, I know you said in the fifth grade, you had to be pulled out for um, medical reasons, but has it been an ongoing thing thing since then um, because of um, your condition? So it's, it's not necessarily an ongoing thing that the thing about being disabled or having spina bifida is that it is also very much a neurological disorder. Um, so like, you know, the spine connects to the brain, which connects to everything. And so if, so for example, uh, in, uh, the fourth grade, I also have a condition called hydrocephalus, which, which is a a condition, a, a condition where the body is not able to, uh, filter out spinal fluid, um, as well as other people are able to. And so, uh, what has happened on a few occasions, mostly when I was pretty young, I would have to, uh, get surgeries, um, because I have a shunt, which is a little valve that, um, kind of drains the excess fluid from the brain. Cause, cause that's what happens with hydrocephalus is that if it, it, it goes to the brain and then it's not able to reroute itself, then you have excess spinal fluid on the brain and, and, and that's not good. Um, so I've had situations where, you know, I had the situation where I had to have the shunt put in, I've had to have revisions with the shunt. Um, and, and I've had other things that pop up every few years and, Thankfully, it's not it's not a situation where I'm constantly in the hospital, but it, it definitely is something where there can be periods where uh, a lot of that stuff is is happening, and it's very overwhelming and traumatic, and it kind of puts everything into perspective that you know that I'm not living the typical life that that other people lead. Especially because you being out of school and um, I'm not too sure, are are you working? How is that, like, how has life been um, after school f- uh, for you? Like, have you been living on your own or you have some of, some assistance or how have things been? So I currently, uh, I currently live with uh, my parents. Um, uh-huh. The, the goal is that that's not always the case and that I am able to, live independently at some point, but I'm not, uh, exactly there yet. There's Mm -hmm. still things that have to be, uh, that I still have to figure out to kind of see, okay, what does my life look like if I'm living on my own and, and what is the, uh, managing of my, uh, medical care look like? That's a big step. Yeah. That would be a mm -hmm. huge step. Yeah. Um, but I am currently working. Uh, I have a friend that is based out of Vancouver who is an event planner. And so I'm, uh, working with her as her social media manager and, and I do some other administrative, uh, things with her and it's been going good so far. So remote work. Yep. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Which. Yeah, and it's been, you know, one of the 
I guess, positive things to come out of the last three years is this focus on uh, remote work and and people kind of seeing more of the the value of it. Because um, yeah, for there are many uh, disabled people that you know they could work with accommodation, but you know, maybe an employer doesn't want to give that accommodation. Um, there are many people that deal with chronic illnesses that could work, but maybe they can't work the typical nine to five. Um, and so remote work is a really great option for them. And, and, you know, for me, it's, it's no different where, uh, right now that's just kind of where I feel comfortable because there are things that I, I don't have to worry about in that environment. I don't know if the schedule is set for you, but it sounds like you, if you're a social media manager that you, you're pretty much set on your own schedule. Yeah, pretty pretty much. It's a pretty loose schedule. That's cool. How Has there been anything uh, recently that you've been doing? Because you said you know that just being in not really isolation, but to yourself in a way, isn't really a healthy way to go about things? Or if it's just the fact of you putting a guard up, ha- has there been things that you've been doing or working on to try to get better at that? So you can, um, so it would be a bit easier for you to try to approach people and not be so um, guarded, if you will? Yeah, I, I um, uh, down here there've been some different organizations that I'm uh looking to get into different disability uh organizations that do um adaptive sports uh because I think that's a great way to meet people um you know and and are you I'm going to stick with hockey oh sorry for cutting you off but oh, are you no, going to stick good. with hockey or I don't think so um but there's like a, a cycling group that meets okay, cool, uh, a few times each month. And so that's something I've always wanted to, to give a try. Something that, you know, I'm, I'm not the uh, biggest sports fan in the world. I, I was never a good athlete when I was uh, playing sled hockey. I was, I was doing it more for the social aspect. Um, but... I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what's out there. And if there's, uh, something that I think is worthwhile, I'm, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. That, that's good that you, you have that in your mind and you, you have that, that passion for, because there's some people, I mean, just the fact that you're trying to work you know, work out ways where you can be a bit more outgoing or social and you'd be able to connect with people on a um, physical level. And I don't know if when you're playing video games, if it's online, if you're also online gaming, because I know there's there's a lot of people that are online gaming. And if they're not connecting with people out in the physical world, um, I mean, nowadays, it doesn't even necessarily have to be gaming. It ha- There's Reddit, you have uh, social media, you have uh, Instagram. There's a lot of different ways where people can connect with each other if it's not in the flesh. But I mean, it's 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 good to know that you're at least, you know, making a conscious effort to try to get out there and like you said, see what happens. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm, I'm a huge proponent of online communities. Um, my friend that I work for is someone that I met uh, through an online uh, gaming community. And, you know, I, yeah, I love going on Reddit and, and getting into different discussions with people, usually about television, video games, stuff like that. So it's nice to have these niche communities that, that, you know, are tailored to my interests so that I'm coming into a community kind of having a commonality with other people so that I'm, I, I feel like I can bring something to the conversation and, and not get too hung up on how people are perceiving me. Yeah. That's a good push right there with, with your disability and being in a wheelchair. Um, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine. I mean, it's, it's one thing to kind of put yourself in a situation, how it would be like if I, I didn't have my legs or I didn't have mobility or if I wasn't able to see or hear, but um, for you, like what has been one of the biggest challenges? Yeah, it might, it might seem like a strange question, but uh, being, confined to a wheelchair or um, something that you see as, uh, I don't, you said Chicago is pretty good with accommodating um, those that are physically handicapped, but is there some, some things that you wish would be a bit better when it comes to people that are um, confined to a wheelchair or, you know, in, in your condition? Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, one of the big things is always accessibility. So like right now living in South Carolina, there are places that are not the most accessible. You know, I have never, uh, I've never really gone anywhere without my parents, but the more that I pay attention when we are out in the world, I'm like, oh geez, uh, you know, if I wanted to go into a store, it, it would be kind of difficult to like do my own shopping because not every not every place is accessible. You know, there are plenty of uh, places that are like, oh yeah, we have a ramp. And then it's like this ramp at the back of the building and there's this huge incline to get up it. And th there are just these very narrow definitions of what accessibility is that makes it very hard to actually get your needs met for as great as the uh, Americans with Disabilities Act is, there's many loopholes that people can find their way around. And I think just an overall understanding of what it means to be disabled. Like, I'm, I'm going to push back a little bit on, on what you said earlier, where Please do. A, a lot of people, they'll see someone that is in a wheelchair and they'll be like, oh, they're confined to it. They're, they're wheelchair bound. And it's like, no, my, my wheelchair is what's giving me the freedom to be able to, to navigate my world for, for as inaccessible as the world may be, it would be a lot more inaccessible to me if I didn't have my, my wheelchair, my mobility aid. And mm, yeah. Yeah, that's thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that because that yeah, that is a completely different way to look at it. And 
Thank you for that point of view. Appreciate it. Yeah. And, and I just think that people, one of the things is that, and, and I mentioned this uh, earlier, is that disabled people often get othered. They get, they get able-bodied people kind of looking at them as, oh, we're something else. We're something that nobody ever wants to, to be. And the reality of the situation is that the disability community is one community that any person can enter into at any time. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what uh, your gender is. It doesn't matter what your sexuality is. Like, you can become disabled at any time. And That's true. I think that definitely when we talk about issues relating to uh, accessibility or job discrimination, that people always have these excuses of like, well, that would just cost so much money. Or, you know, we, you can't expect everyone to cater to you. And it, it just confuses me uh, very often because I'm like, okay, but you're probably going to end up disabled at some point. It might be when you're like 90 or you could, you know, get in an accident tomorrow and, and become disabled. And it's like, you don't want to have that rude awakening of, oh, the world doesn't really care. And so I just wish there was more that more people realize that and we're making a push for things to be more accessible because as you get older or, um, like I said, if you're put in that situation, quote unquote, prematurely, you're going to want the world to still be accessible to you. And, you know, you're, you're not going to take it when someone says, oh, well, the world can't just cater to you. So I don't understand why people even bother saying that to someone else. Yeah, that's very true. So in South Carolina, um, there, there's not a lot of um, opportunities. You were saying in Chicago, well, it's just, it, was it a, as far as the accessibility and just a lot of different, they, they had organiza organizations and a lot of things going for people with disabilities that were, that you see in Chicago that you're not seeing in, um, in uh, Carolina, where you are right now, South Carolina? Yeah. I, well, I think anytime that you live near a big city. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Those those things are, cities are just more built up. So there's generally going to be more opportunities. Um, I think uh, here the the biggest thing has been medical care and, and the fact that people just kind of move at their their own pace down here they they move very slowly so you know you could need something from your doctor and it could take a month to get in to see them or you you need a referral or and and also like for me i need a lot of specialized care and living in an area um where, you know, we do, we, we live near a small city, uh, 
called Greenville. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still pretty small. There, There's not as many specialists in this area. So uh, looking for, you know, uh, neurologists and urologists and, and you know, all, all of these different specialists has definitely been uh, a challenge because they're everything is just so spread out. And one of the things with having spina bifida is that it's very hard already to find adult spina bifida doctors. And so it's, it's hard to, uh, like I had a whole team in Chicago where it was very easy to coordinate my care and I just don't have that system down here. So navigating it is still something that I'm trying to learn to make sure that I'm getting the care that I need. How long have you been over there for? You said you, you've moved, you've been there for quite a while now, haven't you? Yeah. So we moved here in, uh, 2021, uh, or yeah. Yep. 2021. So we've been here almost, almost oh, two years. Fairly, yeah. Fairly new though. You're still trying to make adjustments. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, so we've looked around, you know, there are bigger cities that surround us, but you know, of course they're, they're far distances to travel. So it's a very yeah. difficult thing. And, and I wish there was more, more support there. Um, yeah. You talked about that online, you had an online gaming community. Was, was that something you're involved with right now? Or, or uh, like a, is it a community of gamers only or people um, with disabilities or like how, how is, how is that community? Yeah. So, uh, there is a reality TV competition program, uh, called big brother, which is basically like survivor, but in a house and online. Oh, okay. You mean the, the TV show, big, big brother. Correct. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I'm familiar with, yeah. That, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, so there are online communities where people host their own like online versions of of the show. Mm. And so it's it's very low tech. Um all of the games take place on this chat server called Discord. Um okay. and so I've had the opportunity to play a few of these games. I, I got contacted uh, a few years back by a guy on Reddit that was like, hey, I'm doing one of these games. Do you want to give it a try? And I was like, yeah, I would love to. And so I did. And it, it was through that experience that I met a group of, uh, I think there are five of us, our, our core group that, you know, I'm friends with to this day. And we have our own server where we chat about Big Brother during this, during the season. And then me and my friend that I work for, we've gone on to play a a bunch of different games. So we've done a Survivor one um, and met people through there. So then we've brought them in into our group and it's it's been a cool cool way to mm-hmm. to meet people um 
uh, especially in a community like that where I, I think what people are doing is is really, really inventive and, and really cool. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And that would be pretty, I know the cast or the group of people that that are involved in that community are probably spread out all over the world. I'm not too sure the yep. their um, locations, but that would be pretty neat if if one day you guys were to be able to meet up and hang out. Yeah, at a cafe or something. <laughs> yeah, our our core group, I I think, eventually will meet up. Um, we've all like video chatted and and different things. Um, so yeah, so that's the hope, and yeah, it's it's just cool to be able to have connections with people that you know might live eight hours away from you, you know, and you're able to just kind of bond uh, with the click of a button. It, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You have the the world at your fingertips. My, that 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 is a beautiful thing in in, uh, in that sense. Um, now, I know they do offer classes or do you, are you doing anything or is there anything offered to where you're doing like physical therapy? Is there anything like that involved in uh, the the treatment or the facilities you do go to when you, when you are going for uh, hospital visits or anything like that? I don't, I mean, things like mobility or. Uh, I mean, yeah, there are, you know, like rehab um, clinics uh, with physical therapy programs. It's, you know, something I did that I was younger when I was younger that I don't really do as much now though. Like you, with the accessibility, I mean, that's, that's one thing where, there's some people that do like I was just thinking back to when you said you're going into a grocery store and you're shopping. Now, one thing is to be able to have access to get into the stores in the aisles. But then also, like, say, if you're just reaching up top for a product that's on a second or third shelf and things like that, I, I know they do have people who can um, do the shopping for you and things like that. But at the same time, there's some, there's other people that would rather just do it themselves. You know, you know, you want to feel a bit more independent and and not have to rely on somebody else to do that for you. Yeah, I um, you know, yeah, there's certainly people that can can help you there, and definitely, um, it's difficult because we live in such an individualistic society where people don't want to ask for help, and you know, they see doing so as a weakness that I, I think I definitely internalize that. And as I, I'm starting to come over to the realization that there there is a disability advocate uh, that actually just passed away, and, and she was very pivotal in getting the Americans with Disabilities pa- uh, Act passed. And uh, her name was Judy Human, and she has a quote, um, and I can only paraphrase it, but she basically said that, uh, you know, we need to stop looking at independence as doing things by ourselves. It's more about mm-hmm. knowing what needs to be done and having the uh, wherewithal to know how we can get it done and that a lot of times that includes 
asking for help. You know, it's, you're still actively being independent, even if you're, you know, asking someone to get something off a shelf for you or, or you're, you know, getting in-home nursing care because you're actively making those decisions. You're, you're knowing what it is that you need in order to be able to live the life that you want to live and you're giving yourself that agency. It it might not be your ideal situation, but you still have control. And so that's something that I am starting to come around to, which, you know, I, I think is great because you don't want to have this narrow view of what your life is going to look like. Nobody wants to have a narrow view of what their life is going to look like because things change and you have to be able to kind of accept that. And yeah, you have to be able to accept that. Yeah. that I guess that would kind of be like under the, under the umbrella of do what you can. And um, if you do need help, don't be too ashamed or prideful to ask for it. Yeah, exactly. And um, that yeah, that's also cool that they do have these. They I know over here. Well, I'm in Germany, and um, this is just having to do with the elderly people and um, the grandmothers and grandfathers who who really can't get in the car and drive in them drive anymore, or um, they're just not as mobile as they once were. But they have services. Well, even now with like you have a delivery services where they drop off your groceries and stuff if you're not able to make it to the grocery store for whatever reason or to do your shopping. So. I think that's awesome that those services are out there and, yeah. and provided. Yeah, for sure. So, so you you seem to be moving in a better direction. It sounds like with uh, the hopes of uh, you hooking up with this uh, sporting organization and to get back into swinging things and see how that goes. And um, now, when did you say that that is going to start? If it hasn't already, or when when you um, look forward to involving yourself with that? Oh, they, uh, they have stuff throughout the, uh, throughout the summer. Yeah. So it's, it's something that I've started to look into a little bit and need to do a little bit more. That's cool. And that's going to be in your area then you're going to have out there in uh, South Carolina. Yep. That's cool. And for you also like using that as a, as a catalyst to kind of, I guess, connect with people once again, because uh, you did mention before when you were when you were younger, in your younger days, your school days, that um, the guard was up. And how do you feel it is now? I know you said that you made improvement, but how do you feel that it is now with um, you and just being more uh, open to um, being open to other people and um, developing a relationship or, or hitting off a connection? Yeah, I mean, the, the guard's still there. You know, it, it takes it takes a lot of work to get right. over your ego and your just your personal stuff but you know it, it's something that that I'm looking more toward the the bigger picture of um as I said before wanting to have people in my life that I can share my life with because I mean nobody nobody wants to be alone so you know it's it's an uphill battle it it, it takes a lot of work, but it's something that I'm trying to improve on day by day. 
Yeah. And that's where it starts. And I really see that if you, you put yourself out there the way that the way that you are, the way that you've you've worked at doing and the way that you um, plan on doing, I'm sure meet some real cool and like minded people that you can enjoy a, a, a real healthy and a fruitful relationship with and things that you have in common and a lot of other things. I know you were mentioning before that your life isn't the ordinary life. And so there could be not really hangups, but there could be a lot of, uh, you feel like you're not on the, on the same page with somebody, but then also on the other hand, there, there could be a lot of similar, similarities, excuse me, that you do have with people like say, for instance, if you were in a nature and somebody was in a nature, like you say, video games, and there's another person in the video games or reading or um, certain subjects and things like that, that you can expand on and build off. That's good to hear. And um, I'm really happy that you are you are making the effort. And that's something that people can can take away from this. Was was there you, you are involved with the online community, but is there like say if anybody listening to this would would like to uh, reach out to you and, and say hi or something that you said or something that you're, you've been through? Has, has kind of uh, hit them in a, in a special way and they'd like to reach out to you and connect. Is there any way or anyhow that they yeah. can um, get in contact with you? Yeah, for sure. So uh, I am at Noah Massey, that's M-U-S-S-A-Y, on Twitter and I think on Instagram as well. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm more active on Twitter though, if anyone is uh, trying to get a hold of me. And yeah, that's basically it is as far as uh, social media is concerned. But that's where you can find me. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave that. Leave that in the description notes. So anybody coming across this, listening to it, and they want to connect with you, they they have that. Um, Noah, is there... Is there anything um, else that you'd like to leave the listeners with before we wrap this thing up? Again, I thank you very much for your time and um, sharing your story with us today. Yeah, I, I think um, I think that it's just important that you you give people a chance and and you know don't let you you can't let your own hangups stop you from getting to know people because yes, yeah, sometimes you're gonna get burned, but other times you're going to find really cool people and you'll find your community and, you know, you, you don't want to waste time finding that community. Yeah. And ultimately I think even like you, you're throwing your shots out there, you're, 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 um, you're, you're mixing it up. Uh, even if, like you said, you're, you're getting burned one after the other, but when you do come across some genuine people or something that really touches you in a in a unique and special way, it, it that overrides everything else. So it's almost like well worth it. You know, it's it's a it's sweet victory at the very end of it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I I really like to hear your your perspective on this, and I and I was um glad that. I was able to see things a little a little differently, especially when you brought to my attention a few things, even going back to what I had said and the confined to a wheelchair. But the way you put it, I know this is the freedom. This is how I'm able to move around and experience life and in the in get in the wind, so to speak. And that's what I do appreciate about hearing people 
and listening to their stories. Uh, we have different backgrounds. We have uh, different struggles, and um, we don't all start off at the same place. So to hear your story, it gave me a different look on things, and, and that's what I think these type of stories do. They they give it can give somebody a fresh perspective on on something that they may have looked at differently before this was brought to light or something that was put in front of them. So um, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels that way. Um, I'd like to leave off on on a bit of an upstroke. So not to say that this was down by any means. I'd just like to get, if you can, Noah, three things today that you are thankful for before we end this chat. Yeah, I'm you know, I'm thankful for my friends, my family. Uh, I and and I'm thankful for creative people that are creating really cool things that also are helping to build community. Awesome. All right, Noah. Thank you very much for your time. You have yourself a great day and all the best with you and your endeavors. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. The feeling of being isolated and looked at differently, especially early on in life when we're young and impressionable, that's tough for anybody to deal with. And being born with spinal bifida, Noah's childhood wasn't exactly the same as the kids around him. Understandably so, he felt isolated. Like the odd one out, I could only imagine the mental battles he's faced trying to fit in, so to speak, and feel accepted. One thing I'm sure we all have in common is that we want to be loved. We want to be respected. He's no different. It takes courage to step out of your comfort zone, but Noah's done just that. And he's even working out areas in his life where he feels there's room for improvement, which is commendable like lowering his guard and allowing himself to be open to new people. That, right there, that could be a scary thing in itself because we can get hurt. But that also gives opportunity for developing rich and meaningful relationships. And that's a beautiful payout. I'm most definitely and positively left with a better understanding of what it's like to be disabled. And I also respect Noah for bringing to my attention what was before amiss. It's not that he's bound to a wheelchair or even confined to it. That manual wheelchair that he uses, like he said, allows him to experience the world freely. It gives him the freedom and the mobility to enjoy what's around him. I was ignorant to that truth and I was looking at it from a different point of view before he brought that to my attention. Noah, you are a giant amongst us and I wish you all the best with your upcoming plays and moves like the adaptive sports that you plan to get back into with your work as a social media manager and even with you hitting it off and meeting some really cool people along the way you can all get in touch with Noah on both Instagram and Twitter I'll leave his handle and social media information in the show notes Send him a big hello and let him know you enjoyed his words and appreciated his story. I'm sure he'd be happy to hear from you. I'd like to also send out a couple of shout outs. Shout out to Melissa, listening from out in SC, Southern California. Appreciate all the support 
And thank you also for sharing the show. That means a lot. Organic growth is dynamic growth. Appreciate you. And shout out to Lights Out Entertainment. You can find him on Spotify. He's got a real cool show going on over there. He's doing the voice acting. He's doing the producing. He's he's writing out the dialogue scripts. I mean, he's doing it all. And if you're into something creative, something fun, and something to listen to with the lights off, check him out. Matter of fact, here's a little taste. We can't stay here, Sam. The horde is closing in. We need to find shelter fast. I hear you, Jason. Let's move. Did you hear that? Yeah, it sounded like a scream. Someone's in trouble. Try to be quiet. Good idea. Look, a cabin. Let's get in there quickly. We do have more shows on the way so far. We'll keep on sticking to the script and release a new episode every other Thursday. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in. You can always follow the show to stay plugged in at all times. And a special thank you to all of you who have shared your peace thus far. You are the giants amongst us. And if you're enjoying the show, share it. Leave a rating. Drop a comment. I'd like to hear from you and to hear what part of the world you're listening from. It could be from the Golden Gate to the Frozen State. Oh yeah, the Instagram is there. You can find us at Giants Amongst Us. Now, if you'd like to be a part of the show and share your story, or even a story of someone in your life that has impacted you in a positive way, you could always reach out to me via email. I'd be happy to connect. Until next time, and very soon, peace. Looking for a sign to know I'm on the right road. Ain't seen no sign since Jericho.